Hey, Jay, how is your October going so far? <laughs> hey, Lindsay, it is finally chilly here in southeastern Wisconsin. I get to wear hoodies and <laughs> the heat is occasionally on. Life is good. Spooky season. You can watch your scary movies and in, in yes, peace. Uh, <laughs> traumatize my child and give her nightmares for years to come. I can't wait. Can't wait. Um, well, speaking of nightmares, we have the newest update to, to Google's algorithm. I feel like the SEO community is always up in arms, you know, I don't know, every week ish when a new update <laughs> comes into play. Um, and the one we want to talk about today is helpful content specifically. Um, what is it? What's happening? Why is this kind of sending waves through the SEO community um, as well as generating a lot more conversation than all of the other changes that have been made in the last 30 days? So um, do you want to jump into just like what's been happening in Google's algorithm as of the last 30 days or so? Yeah. And it's wild because helpful content's not even the newest and it finished rolling out the end of September. I mean, basically two weeks ago at this point, mm -hmm. uh, there's been two confirmed updates to other systems since then, but helpful content's gotten, seems like the majority of the attention. So mm -hmm. yeah, the, the deal is, uh, it started rolling out the 14th of September. Google says it finished the 28th. So it was a, a two week rollout, pretty typical for them. And it's one of their ranking signals that looks at things from a, a site-wide perspective. And, and that's, both of those things are like super critical. So it is a ranking signal. It is not a like penalty or a thing that you have to appeal. It's just like one of the many things in the many algorithms that determines where you rank. And well, and, and this, like you said, this is an update. This is not the first time this has happened. This is not the first update, um, but it seems like it's been the most impactful of the helpful content updates that we've seen historically. Yeah. And yeah, it's the September 2023 helpful content <laughs> update. So there could even be more this year if they if they really wanted to. Um, so, yeah, it you know, it's an update to an existing system. Um, but the the like site wide aspect of it, I think, gets missed a lot in the discourse. So, you know, Google has what they decide is helpful content. There's a lot of debate on if this is like only a negative signal or if it actually can boost rankings too. It seems like it goes both directions, but there's some sort of threshold of you have so many pages on your site that Google decides are not helpful content and your entire site gets the um, signal applied. So that means even your really useful, good performing pages might start ranking worse because again, this is site-wide. So Google says their goal is to better ensure people see original helpful content created for people in search results. And that's what the uh, Google Search Central doc says. I mean, I think in the SEO world, we have really made the idea of helpful content super generic, but Google's trying to put some enforcement behind that concept. So why do you think this is a site-wide indicator versus page by page. Um, do you think this is just trying to attack those sites that are just across the board creating poor content or doing it for the wrong reasons? Why is this not 
page by page? I would guess that it's because of the scale of the problem for some websites, mm. especially as like AI generated content has become a thing. You know, the mm -hmm. idea that sites can just have like hundreds of thousands of pages of just pure rubbish is like pretty easy to do uh, at this point. So, right. um, you know, so many sites have just like built their business around just putting page after page of garbage out there. And is this a direct change because of like the AI generated content? It hadn't even made that connection that this could be one of Google's ways of actively trying to fight people writing a ton of copy with chat GPT or any of these other tools. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely part of it. And I think it's also part of like, it's just been the trend in the SEO world of people chasing after, you know, those featured snippets and people also ask where it's, there's all these questions and there's some, traffic and visibility benefits to showing up prominently as the answer to those questions. So people just like create stuff that chase after those, those like coveted spots in the search results. And that's been a, a real ongoing and, and growing thing in our world. Well, and, and it was interesting. So search engine land had a, a whole article on this recently where they specifically said that this update has been felt by the SEO community, right? This is something we are talking about because sites that are aggressively doing SEO in air quotes uh, are being penalized in some cases, whereas sites that maybe are not doing SEO are not being impacted. Um, is this like an across the board thing? If you're doing SEO, then you're going to feel a negative here. Um, I think that that's putting a pretty dark cloud over the SEO community saying that it is it is an SEO's problem and if you don't hire an SEO then you don't have an issue. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's so many sites out there, not even just like talking about the ones that we work with, but so many sites in the wild that they've they've posted their screenshots of Search Console and have shown no drops or, you know, folks have even seen improvements during this time period. Mm -hmm. And I think that's that's a testament to it is not like purely an SEO problem, but it is a thing where the typical website that is not doing any SEO, you're probably not just churning out pages of stuff in order to rank higher in search results. So it wouldn't even be possible that this would impact you. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting. And, and I think a testament to like doing the right SEO and not just doing SEO for the sake of it. Um, and that's very general, but we'll kind of get into that a little bit more. I wanted to dive into a piece of this update that's getting a lot of attention right now, which is uh, subdomains and how those are being impacted. Can you tell me a little bit more about how subdomains are part of the conversation? Yeah, so Gary Isles at Google uh, made a comment about this and it is in the release notes as well from Google about the, the update. Um, but Gary specifically called out that they've noticed sites will like rent out subdomains, which is, is their terminology to third parties. And it's just, it's essentially user generated content, but some entity is like using that subdomain and 
doing whatever they want with it and then the actual owner of the domain has no oversight into that so it's it sounds kind of weird but like one example i found that like this this concept has been around for years and years um and has gotten some attention in the seo world for um like spammy purposes but like calling out businessinsider.com by name here uh because they were <laughs> they were one example i found that is still around and they have a subdomain coupons.businessinsider.com which one of those like coupon affiliate sites uses that mm. um so they're they're trying to like get some benefit from the business insider domain and any links that come from the main like news content site over to the coupon site and then also i'm i'm sure there's some amount of like trust that people might have where it's like oh these are coupons from it's... business insider so i'm going to use right. them as opposed to any other coupon site but it is just like auto generated junk that scrapes coupons from major retailers and reposts it there and it looks as far as i can tell like business insider the company has nothing to do with that subdomain it's just someone else is using it for um, kind of coupon spam. So that's a very specific use case. I don't think it applies to a lot of sites. And I think it's important to call that out because I've seen just the, the rumblings in the world is of SEO that are like, Oh, this is more proof that, you know, like subdirectories are better than subdomains or, or something like right. that. And it's, it's really just like, again, it's people using subdomains for this very specific purpose. Uh, and a very spammy purpose, which is way different than, you know, our blog is on a different platform than our e-commerce site. So our blog is blog.domain.com. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's, I think yeah. that's an important just clarification. Right. Cause I think anytime we're a part of a website build or a redesign or any of these pieces, I feel like the question of do we put our blog, for example, in a subdomain versus subdirectory, subfolder, whatever you want to call it? It's always a question, right? What's better for SEO? And, and our typical response is it doesn't matter. As long as it's well connected through the site, it's a part of the whole ecosystem, it doesn't matter how it's structured. So we are, correct me if I'm wrong, we are not saying that that is changing. We're saying just don't sell your subdomains to other third parties that are just going to fill it full of spam. Yeah, exactly. If, if like your subdomain for your blog or whatever it is, is struggling to rank compared to your main domain, that's not a helpful content problem, at least not just by nature of it existing that way. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay. So let's say you're a website owner or marketer, and you want to see if you've been hit by this update, again, not a penalty update, how would you be aware of this? How would you determine that, yes, I have been impacted specifically by helpful content? So the, the signals that I've seen, uh, both from folks that we know and just out in the wild are pretty obvious and dramatic. And like a lot of the, the major updates, it's typically an all at once thing. So likely somewhere September 14th through 28th of this year, there will be a day when your traffic in Google search console, your clicks and impressions look totally normal. And then the next day they drop off. 
Hmm. Um, you know, we've we've seen like 30 to 40 percent drops in just site-wide traffic. It could be less. It could be more. It kind of depends so, on how much this impacts you. So a clarification there. You said it's kind of an overnight, but this released over 14 days. Can you explain how, why would it not be over 14 days that you would see that change or that decline? The 14 days has to do with like Google's rollout process. Like, you know, we see this with big tech in a lot of different ways that there's so many different like servers and data centers and um, like, redundant systems and different aspects of the system and different countries that Google search exists in that this update applies to. And even if they do have the ability to just like flip a switch and update all of those at the same time, if there was something wrong with it, that would probably be a really bad practice because then like all of Google around the world would break at once. So mm -hmm. it, it just, it rolls out over a certain amount of time. They have their own system of prioritizing like what gets done when and what order it's in. So it really just depends on, you know, like what part of the Google ecosystem uh, is, is like looking at your site, um, you know, when that part of it was updated, you know, that's when you'll see it happen. So the day that site X sees the drop versus site why could be different but within that 14 day period is kind of what we're saying yeah yeah because it's the update has to be rolled out and then google has to also like evaluate your site um with this new ranking signal make the decision on if you're impacted or not and then apply the the ranking change so there's okay. there's some amount of time period and and yeah it's the point is like somewhere in that window or a couple days after you know if if it's like if you're listening to this on November 5th and that day you see a big drop, that's something else, not helpful content, or at least not this Got helpful it. content update. Not this one, maybe the next iteration of it. So, okay, ranking drops pretty uh, consolidated to a short period of time, 30 to 40% traffic loss potentially again within a short period of time. Any other indicators to look for in that evaluation? So I don't know for I don't know for certain that this is uh, part of helpful content, but I've definitely seen a lot of reports that your crawl stats in Search Console can change along with this. So hmm. basically, there's always been this concept of discovered or crawled, but not currently indexed in Search Console reporting. So that is Google knows about this page, but it's not part of the index and folks are claiming that they've seen spikes in this that correspond with a traffic or ranking drop with helpful content. And the idea being you have a bunch of just what Google considers junk on your site and they've mm -hmm. decided to not even index it anymore. Okay. So some things to look at. We understand what's happening. Some of the pieces that have been impacted and changed. Now I want to talk about a couple of things together. One is why this is happening and really who this is impacting. Um, so we've we've touched on a little bit of why Google has made this update, um, potentially AI generated content. But I think a lot of this is also some of the choices that SEOs make to game the system. Um, and Google's like historical 
need to keep up with how people are trying to game the system. And it seems like, based on this conversation, that is what is happening right now, is there's a new game that people are playing and Google is addressing it and saying, stop playing games. We need you to just create good content. Yeah, and it's the, there's SEO and then there's the SEO that like everyday people get mad about because Mm -hmm. it makes the web less usable. Uh, It just creates millions of different websites full of absolute junk that doesn't help anybody with anything. and it's the stuff that like gets in the way of things that maybe could be useful to people. I mean, right. the, the example I always use and I, a lot of people use is like, I want to know how to make some enchiladas. I want to know how to do that and what ingredients I need. I don't want to know about your family trip to Mexico. <laughs> you don't want to read 16 paragraphs with pictures and then you get to, to the enchilada recipe. Yeah, I, I, I don't need the history of the tortilla. I, mm-hmm. I don't need any of that stuff. I just need to know what ingredients I need. What do I set my oven to or whatever it is? Just just tell me how to make the thing. But it and, works. I think that's the, the struggle, though, is like people want more traffic. They want more revenue. They want more leads, whatever it is. And these things work. So people fall into it, I think, to a large degree. Um, but maybe that's a misinterpretation of data. And I think it's the why it works is the important part that gets missed. And like coming up with a unique enchilada recipe is hard. Like you have to work at it. There's, there's a lot of them out there. And so like what is going to get attention to yours and how can you, how can you get people to care about your recipe versus any other one or, you know, whatever your site is doing. Sure. It, it's like a lot of hard work that, I mean, you might not have an easy answer to, but knowing like I can do these tricks, like write 16 paragraphs about a family vacation, like I can, I can sneak my way in with like a subpar recipe and get a lot of traffic that way, which will get me ad impressions Hmm. and boom, I'm famous. And that's, you know, that's like not a, not a healthy way to approach like making a living. I mean, you, you can do it and it'll work for a while, but with all of these things in the history of SEO, like anytime you're prioritizing what will get you ranking fast versus what do people out there actually value? It's a bad business model and it usually comes back to bite you. It's funny. I won't go too much on a tangent, but I feel like we had this conversation this week about a client um, and like general terms versus specifics. Like, well, this general term for, we'll just use the example of like prom dresses. Okay. We'll get away from enchiladas. Like, okay, there's, you know, 300,000 people searching for prom dresses. So let's just target that term and do a bunch of SEO stuff to get ranked for it. Right. And it's like, well, but no, what kind of prom dresses? Who is the person that's looking for this style? What makes this business unique? Rather than doing the tricks, doing let's find the right market and connect them and make sure we're communicating that value. I feel like this is a constant conversation we're having. And this is just a re, I guess, a, a reintegration of that <laughs> within the algorithm and, and reinforcement of it that we we can't do the tricks we have to think about 
who we're talking to and how we need to talk to them. Yeah. And I think a lot of people get confused thinking that like the tricks is the business model. Mm-hmm. And in some cases it is like, I mean, you know, another tangent, but like Amazon's getting sued at the moment. And one of the, the big complainants is the folks that like they buy dryer balls from China and then SEO the heck out of their product page and then sell a lot of dryer balls. But there's like thousands of people selling that exact same product that they sourced from like Alibaba or whatever. It's, and you're just kind of like exploiting a loophole in the system to make a lot of money. You didn't actually come up with a like good way to Anything. provide value to people. You just right. were the, the first thing that they clicked on. And mm-hmm. that that like shouldn't be the whole point of running a business is to just be like the first thing someone clicks on. You know, mm-hmm. there, there's got to be some reason why people come to you versus someone else. Like, you know, always, always have to go back to like the, the physical world analogies and just be like, if there are two stores in a shopping center that sell the exact same stuff, like why should you go into one versus the other? And that can be hard to communicate on the internet. That can be hard to communicate in like copy on a page, but you Mm got to figure out a way to do it. If, if you want to have a business that's going to be successful long-term and you know, this, this is like business one-on-one advice, but you have to keep that concept in mind that, that SEO isn't just like purely a shortcut to, to make a bad business model work. Well, I think this also impacts, and, and for the benefit, I think to to agencies like ours, shameless plug, um, because <laughs> like there are so many agencies that just do SEO to get traffic, and they don't take the time and effort to learn about the business and learn about the market and learn about the people, um, and that's easy SEO. Hopefully, we're getting to a point where SEO is getting harder. It's getting difficult. We shouldn't be gamifying this. There shouldn't be these hacks and tips and tricks and short, you know, cuts. It's like, no, an SEO person needs to be a connection point to data, information, and insights as a resource, but not just a person to get just oodles of traffic that is absolutely garbage. Um, So maybe this is a good thing for the SEO market in the SEO agency world of like, if you're doing good work and you're not just putting keywords into a title tag and creating random subdomains and doing all of this, like you're gonna be okay. You just have to actually think about what you're doing. Yeah, and we've talked a lot of, or we talked about a lot of like generalities and and kind of values and stuff like that. And maybe can close it on a specific example because uh, we talked to one company that that like definitely got hit by this and the the short version is like it's a law firm they they want to get new clients for cases and stuff like that and they there's all these people that search for legal help out there so they created pages that answer the questions people are asking but it's like not really answering the questions it's it's just kind of giving a one paragraph explanation of some really 
complex legal matter that's tied to probably a traumatic experience someone is having. So, mm -hmm. you know, we were able to pull in some data related to like, you know, the readability and also, you know, some of these like entity concepts of here's all the related topics and things like that you need to touch on. But the core of it was like, put yourself in the shoes of, you know, someone that's been in a horrible car accident and yeah. what is going through their mind. If they come to this page and you start talking about like, what damages have you suffered? You know, people's minds go to like, well, my windshield is broken and whatever, but like that's a specific concept in the legal world that you need to explain to people and you need to explain it to them in a way that like helps them understand what their next steps are. So, you know, we, we suggested some changes, their site's ranking better, yay, but also like their clients are actually getting some useful information when they go to the website now. And that's the important thing. Yep. Yeah. All right. I like that. Well, we'll, we'll kind of close on that point of just, just be good people out there, give good information, <laughs> be a valuable resource and asset and you'll be fine through all the algorithm updates. You won't have to point at them. <laughs> if, yeah. uh, Find a reason stuff. to exist other than ranking high in Google. Like mm -hmm. ranking high can be how you get traffic, but that can't be your reason for existing. Yep. All right, Jay. Well, cool. fun as always. Talk yep. to you soon. Bye. Bye.